How do you handle your Broncos and Packers in FFPC best ball drafts right now after the Nathaniel Hackett hire? Has Jalen Waddle risen too high or not high enough in 2022 ADP? And which Cardinals wide receiver should go after DeAndre Hopkins in the 2022 FFPC never too early best ball tournament at the moment? Plus, the 2021 FFPC main event fifth-place finisher, the 2021 FFPC 1250 live best ball number two winner, and the 2021 FFPC bare-knuckle challenge champion. No, not three separate people. It was all the same gentleman. It's Mike Zuka dropping in to tell us a little bit about the sleeper picks that gave him a very profitable season last year, how he's handling Steelers with Pittsburgh, uh, how how to handle these Steelers um, after uh, Ben Roethlisberger's retirement, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesson. Make out of the lesson. Just because it was right there in the dresser so easy. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you to Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their com. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, who is already taking advantage of the 2022 inaugural never-too-early best ball tournament uh, with the FFPC. Farrell, I just saw a screenshot that you had sent me about 20 minutes ago. You're looking like you're drafting a winner here from the four spot, man. Well, buddy, thank you. The four spot was a natural place to start this year. I was happy with it. I think, um, and, and we'll get into this um, this uh, draft and with the. I don't. I don't think we've talked about the never too early uh, best ball tournament on this program yet. Um, but we will get into that shortly here tonight. That's just one of the many topics that we'll be getting into. Uh, we're going to talk mm. about how you should be drafting Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in this uh, competition, whether Trey Lance should be drafted ahead of Russell Wilson right now, and then Mike Zuka, a winner of dozens of 2021 FFPC leagues, totaling nearly $50,000 in prizes, is going to join us to talk about his thoughts on the forgotten running back, running backs draft start. Oh, yeah, I remember those days. Dalton Schultz's viability as a sleeper in 2022 and much more. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. If you uh, have any questions, you can post them right in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Uh, Mike Zuka is on Twitter at Mike Zuka. That's M I K E Z U C C A. 
Uh, Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship is at kffsc.com. Facebook.com slash hsffhour is our show there. And if you want to give us a th- ring, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. Football at gmail.com is where to reach us if you have any questions for us. Send them in now. We'll try to get to all of the chat room questions, all of the show tweets, all of the show emails and fantasy feedback coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Without further ado, let's get into it here, ladies and gentlemen. The inaugural Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament is going on right now. $125 entry fee gives you a shot at a $25,000 grand prize a prize pool totaling well over $130,000, and this is uh, limited to uh, 1,152 teams. Um, The interesting thing about this, the draft started a few days ago. They're actually going to end on April 28, 2022. Yeah, that's right, a fantasy football competition that ends on April 28th before the NFL draft. This is a slim format. Uh, This year, the FFPC changed it. No 18-round slims anymore. It's only 20-round slims. Uh, There's no kicker, no defenses, 14-week regular season, and then you get your single-week elimination. Thrilling playoffs from weeks 15 through 17. Drafts are available in uh, the sit-and-go, the two-hour clock, the six-hour clock, all at myffpc.com slash never too early. Live draft going on tomorrow, and uh, the sit-and-goes and the slows are filling up right now. Uh, That's not all. The KFFSC has two spots left in their Super Sunday Big Payback League that drafts the day before Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Super Bowl Sunday, at 12 noon Eastern time. Uh, Two spots left in that. And then don't forget about the Super Sunday Championship. Um, Those leagues are filling up fast. Uh, You want to make sure that you get in on those drafts starting um, all Super Bowl weekend, uh, including Saturday at 1 p.m., and it goes through Super Bowl weekend. 2.30 p.m. is the final one that goes on Super Bowl Sunday. And then uh, February 20th, the draft I'm going to get in, that is at 8 o'clock um, the following Sunday after the Super Bowl. It's always depressing when the Super Bowl is over. No more football, right, until the NFL draft or until preseason, what have you. Not the case here, as you can get in uh, not only in the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, but the KFFSC Super Sunday Championship as well. Good stuff there, and that's what you can check out right now at myffpc.com and kffsc.com. Let's get into the fantasy flash and an ode to Ben Roethlisberger to lead things off tonight, (laughs) Farrell. He has retired after nearly two decades on the professional gridiron. The 2004 draft's number 11 overall pick from Miami of Ohio um, had uh, his Steelers win 14 straight games in his rookie year. To get to the AFC Championship game, they finished 15-1, and lost to New England that year. But the following year, uh, they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Roethlisberger never won league MVP. He actually never received any first-team All-Pro uh, honors. But remember, he was a contemporary of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. No doubt a Hall of Famer who is fifth all-time in career passing, 64,000 yards top five single game passing effort with over 500 yards in 2014, top 10 single season effort for passing the football in 2018. Had the bad elbow injury and surgery in 2019, but he retires at age 39. Farrell, this is fascinating stuff because as we draft in the FFPC and KFFSC right now, we do not know. We have no sort of um, proof, no sort of confirmation on who the Steelers signal caller is going to be so how should this affect guys like 
Deontay Johnson, your favorite Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. coming off an injury, Pat Fryermuth. How do you handle Steelers and drafts right now, knowing that the top option, quite frankly, is in-house, is, is Mason Rudolph? Mm, you know, Balky, this this could be the one question that we built the entire show around. We could talk about it, bring Mike in, keep talking about it, we could cover it, and it would make for an interesting show. I, But I'll quickly answer your question. I think we've got to look at who is staying, and who is staying is Matt Canada. And you'd have to understand why he is still there. You know, he was brought in um, to prepare. They They keep talking about the fact that the – Steelers don't have a plan uh, for quarterback. Uh, Canada was brought in to, um, uh, to work with both Rudolph and uh, is it uh, Hoskins, uh, the other quarterback? Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Whoever the third string. Yeah, Haskins. And they were brought in to work with these players and develop these players. And when, and when the offense struggled so badly, they had to uh, let the previous OC go. And uh, stepping up in the position was uh, – was Canada. Now, he's a guy, and now Adam Krautwurst, this would drive him crazy, our our good friend and fantasy player in Buffalo. But this is a guy who is employing the same scheme that's being played in Buffalo. So you think about how do you make the Pittsburgh Steelers look like the success that the Buffalo Bills are having? And you think about the heir apparent to Roethlisberger, and I would predict that uh, the Steelers would go into the draft and find a quarterback. And the quarterback that I would find would be Matt Corral. And I would put uh, – they kept winning. They kept going to playoffs. Uh, now the Steelers draft from the 20th position. If you want to know who Matt Corral is, you, you can look at his stats. You'll be amazed at his rushing numbers. Uh, look up October 16th when, uh, when, when Ole Miss played uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Corral threw for over 200 yards and almost rushed for the same amount. It was a fantastic effort. That's the kind of quarterback that this team needs. Uh, and, we, and we could talk about all other heir apparent quarterbacks. You know, everyone assumes that, that Trey Lance is going, no matter what the result with Jimmy Garoppolo in, in San Francisco, um, that Trey Lance is going to be at, at quarterback next year. Well, if that's the case, Garoppolo's got to have somewhere to play. This would be a nice landing spot for him. Uh, yeah, there's, it, a, there's a lot of things to talk about in this. It, no, and, and you're right. And, and I think, like, I, what the part I'm agreeing with you here is I don't think the starting quarterback or, you know, at, at least the guy that will start the majority of the games for Pittsburgh next year is on the roster right now. And how are mm-hmm. high-stakes players handling this? You look at FFPC best ball drafts right now. There's some uh, Najee Harris uh, discussion going on in the chat room right now with uh, – uh, the Dizzle and um, Hudson Kern Reeve here talking about where he's going. And, and Najee Harris is pretty much going where he was last year at the right. 111 spot. But then you look at, okay, so Deontay Johnson, right? Everybody's favorite target hog is going at wide receiver 16 right now. Um, and I just missed it. Uh, 405 is where he is going in draft. So he has slipped a little bit. Chase Claypool, um, you look at, at that player here um, who was a darling last year. He's fallen to wide receiver 41 at the 810. I mean, going one spot behind rookie Garrett Wilson, one spot ahead of Kadarius Toney. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, who is coming off of injury uh, here um, after tearing his ACL uh, in, in, um, in the 2021 season. Just trying to find where he's going. Wide receiver 50 at the 1101. This is all in FFPC best ball. Shout out 
to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who supplies us with this ADP, and seriously, a must-have if you are drafting in the FFPC, a season-long membership at FantasyMojo.com. Let's move on, and, and because I, I, I think you're right, Farrell. We could dwell the whole hour on this, um, of all the different ways that the Steelers' offense could go this year. Um, we'll get more clarity on that as the season goes on. The Denver Broncos have a new head coach. It is former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, a 42-year-old guy who's never been a head coach in the NFL uh, before, but this is his 13th season in the NFL as an assistant. Um, people in, in Green Bay raved about him, um, both uh, fellow coaches and players, the media. Now, Matt LaFleur did call plays uh, with Green Bay, uh, but Nathaniel Hackett got these guys ready uh, to go on Friday with uh, the meetings that he led, the tip sheets that he produced that all the players loved. And certainly, I guess, Farrell, the, the million-dollar question here is Nathaniel Hackett goes to Denver. Are Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams catching the next flight out there to Denver to play in the Mile High City next year? We don't know for sure, but there's a lot of people that basically have cemented this as gospel that it's going to happen. Um, and if that's the case, even if it's not the case, if you're drafting right now, how do you handle guys not, not only like Rodgers, Adams, but Lazard, uh, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, um, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, and then you flip over to Denver with, uh, with Cortland Sutton and, um, and um, uh, Jerry Judy and, uh, and all mm-hmm. those players as well. Very, very confusing here. It is, and I think you have to I, – I think what we're going to see in Green Bay is what we see every year. Those players you mentioned outside of Rodgers, Adams, Jones, uh, those players have relatively suppressed draft value anyway. Uh, it, it, it always is, is odd to me how uh, even Rodgers uh, often goes later in the drafts, and, and it uh, – it's an expectation of, of how he goes to the Broncos. So, so understanding, as our fantasy players do, uh, the salary cap aspect of professional football, you, how do you make this happen? Well, uh, Denver Broncos, uh, general manager that took that job, he, he, George Payton, he had had lots of offers for jobs that he turned down, but he finally took Denver, and I think one of the reasons it, he did is it had a manageable salary cap. They've got $48 million under the cap already this year. They've got space to assume two super superstars and put them on the field. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And, yeah, it could happen. The money's there. Uh, the planning's there. And, uh, Balky, no one knows about uh, how these uh, uh, players are uh, dealing with the current uh, group in Green Bay what their relationship is with them. But the best relationship uh, from Rodgers, that I understand, is Hackett, and he just left town. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, we'll see what happens there, right, because you have two other guys that are qualified to take over at offensive coordinator with Adam Stenovich, who worked wonders with that Packers offensive line this year, and then you have a situation with uh, Luke Getze, who actually got a couple of head coaching interviews um, as well, uh, uh, and, and we'll see what, what happens with, with his career going forward. Um, the Bears have offered him the uh, offensive coordinator position in Chicago, and this is something Hudson Kern-Reeve is uh, talking about in the chat room right now. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the new Bears head coach, is the de- former defensive coordinator for Indianapolis. So obviously, whoever they hire as the OC, it's going to have a massive impact, not only on Justin Fields, but 
Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and Cole Komet and um, Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. you know, and all those skill positions. It's a lot to work with in Chicago there, too. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Green Bay going forward with the fallout from this. Now, Hackett has not hired his staff yet, and we will be looking forward to see who that is uh, because that will affect several teams as well. Uh, moving on to the uh, Buccaneers, Rob Gronkowski said this week that he would retire if he had to decide right now. This is according to Jenna Lane on Twitter. Rob Gronkowski said that he's going to use the next three to five weeks to uh, try to figure out what's going to go on in his NFL career. He is obviously a Hall of Fame tight end who's already hung up the cleats once and come back, and maybe he does it again this year. So Tom Brady, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Now, the, the latest reports I saw this evening seem to, to state that, um, that Brady is leaning closer to retirement rather than um, uh, um, coming back for another season, another go-round in Tampa. Farrell, what's interesting about this, and I brought this up with, with Dizzle today, um, if you look at the, um, the FFPC best ball uh, drafts uh, right now, the FFPC uh, ADP, you are looking at a situation where you could get Tom Brady at the 10:02, and you could pair him, if you wanted to, with Rob Gronkowski in the uh, – um, well, I guess Rob, they're both going in the 10th round right now, Brady at the 10:02. So you'd have to take Brady in the 9th, but then you get Rob Gronkowski in the 10th. This was one of the best quarterbacks we had in the league, statistically speaking, last year in Brady, and certainly one of the best tight ends we saw in the league, and now they're both double-digit round picks. What would you be doing if you were drafting in, say, the never-too-early best ball tournament? Say you were drafting in the Super Sunday uh, competition with the KFFSC. If you were doing that, are these guys worth the risks at this point? Uh, I don't want to draft him in our format of the never-too-early because the tail of retirement hanging over his head is is too strong of one. Now, I don't don't know. I've... I understand that he's wired differently than this. Perhaps he's pulling a Gronkowski. He'll retire here and return later. Uh, I, I don't know. There's, you can see that he's going to have a hard time. The, the team is older. Um, my good buddy Robbie Fetcher points out to me that the team is going, is, is going to have a hard time uh, replacing some of the players that they are going to lose by either attrition or um, injury, or some salary cap issues. So, it, and you saw that perhaps if uh, perhaps if Antonio Brown had danced off the field earlier, they could have made adjustments on the fly and fixed that. But uh, yeah, and, and interesting though, in the tenth round, wasn't that essentially where Brady was going this time last year? And Gronkowski even later. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's nothing perhaps there has really changed. Um, there's in uh, in the KFFSC uh, where uh, you have managed leagues, uh, you can go ahead and, and spend that draft capital on him, and uh, if he doesn't play, you can easily replace him through the waiver wire. So yes, there, but uh, if he doesn't play in the uh, in the never too early. Uh, you're stuck with probably only two quarterbacks, and that would be a tragedy, perhaps. Um, we just we just talked about the uh, the Matt Eberflus thing with uh, with Adam mm-hmm. Schefter's report on on Twitter, and and I think that you know you look at this Bears offense. There's a lot of uh, a lot of pieces that they can work with. A lot of pieces that we'd be excited to draft um, this coming year um, as well. 
Farrell, do you, I mean, it, it, when you look at Justin Fields, what he did year one with the right um, um, offensive coordinator or right quarterbacks coach, we'll say, um, for, for the 2022 season, it, realistically, could he be like a top seven or top eight fantasy quarterback right away this year? Oh, sure, he could, especially with this kind of defense. You know, Iberflus is he's inheriting some guys that, that can really bring it on the defensive side of the ball, and they'll be better against him. His teams have always been amongst the very best in the league defensively. You know, the peanut punch will be back creating those turnovers on Chicago defense. Um, attention to the general manager here. Uh, this is uh, Ryan Poles, who who is a fascinating story, Balky. Uh, here's a guy that was blocking for Matt Ryan at uh, Boston College and was a free agent. Uh, I, I remember when he signed with the Bears, and he hung around a bit, and then he went to work back at Boston College. He's the kind of guy that people don't want to let get out of a room. And if you look at him today, walking, you know, the media pictures of him, he's a relatively thin guy walking around in an Italian suit. This used to be a big offensive lineman. And he's just 12 years removed uh, from signing as a, as a free agent, uh, 12, 13 years removed from that. So it's just how far you can go in football in a short time if you have the talent. He's been given reins an historically great franchise. It's very, very important who they hire to bring this quarterback along. And uh, that's one of the most interesting hires on the one places that I want to look at. And if they hire the right guy, I'm going to elevate the Bears that I'm going to draft, especially uh, Darnell Mooney. And I think in the, the, the division that I'm in or the league that I'm in, um, in the, in the never-too-early, uh, Mooney flew off the board quicker than I could get to him. Um, Farrell, let's, uh, as long as we have some time here, we're having some technical difficulties with, with Mike and and trying to get him in. But as long as we, um, as long as we have the chance here, let's kind of talk about this never too early team that you're putting together here, Mm. uh, uh, so far from the four spot, which we touched on at the top of the show. So uh, before we get to that, um, I noticed that, that in, um, the ADP on, on uh, fantasymojo.com has Christian McCaffrey at 102-103. Now, I noticed he did not go until 106 uh, in, in this draft. But your thoughts, because you had the opportunity to grab McCaffrey at 104, you passed on him. Are you surprised that, that so many FFPC drafts have McCaffrey going this early? Um, am I surprised he's going sixth? that has him going to six. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really surprised. Whoever takes him is taking a great leap of faith. Um, I would think it's a person that's going to draft multiple teams. Uh, we all have complained about availability this year of star players and, and first-round bust and how our teams were ruined by players who were not available. And then to jump in immediately to the player that you can – least likely to be on the field uh, would be somewhat foolish. I know it's a $125 buy-in, and I think it's the best $125 I've ever spent because it is a blast, and I'm enjoying drafting it. But I tell you what, I want to enjoy my season too, and I don't think Christian McCaffrey will let me do that. (laughs) So Austin Eckler, um, explain that a little bit there. Were, Were you locked into a running back there, or was Eckler just too good to pass up? Too good to pass up those 20 touchdowns from last year. And, and I just have a, 
a high appreciation uh, with Austin Eckler, and I wanted to build a a bit of a Charger stack of the Chargers that I wanted. I got on the roster, and I think that's a good place to be um, with with what that team's going to look like in in 2022. All right. So the the other thing I want to talk. So you anyway, you you get Eckler here um, with the uh, with the 104. You come back in the second round, and you get Stephon Diggs. What are your concerns, or I guess maybe you have no concerns after Gabriel Davis's big uh, AFC divisional round? Um, actually, could it be Diggs and Davis and Cole Beasley as the odd man out in Buffalo next year? Well, yeah, Buffalo has two receivers north of 30 years old, and they still contribute, but at some point in time it's going to end. And you and I have been Davis fans since he got his first opportunity off the practice squad and off special teams. Uh, no, Diggs, uh, Diggs is one of the uh, top skill receivers in the league. I was a little surprised that he was there, um, and I, I was thrilled to get him. The third round, uh, you end up getting George Kittle. Uh, the importance of getting a tight end early in, in this uh, mm-hmm. format is obviously has been talked a, a ton on this show, as well it should be. Kittle next year, who's throwing him the rock? Is it Trey Lance or is it Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> who knows but yeah you know it's one of the finest football players in the game i've never had uh i've never had kittle um on too many of my rosters uh i've i've always wanted this past year to grab andrews he was the one i targeted so i was pleased to get kittle uh i think in this format uh you're going to get big games out of him enough to make it pay. And, you know, I'm with 20 rounds now in, in the slim. Uh, I'm not through drafting tight ends. I've got some guys that I've got my eye on, and, and uh, I, I look forward to what that you know, final roster is going to look like. But I love the position, so I'm far from through. With those two um, extra positions that you have in with the 20 rounds this year, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, – with FFPC um, uh, never too early best ball tournament. What do you think most people will be using those extra spots on? Is it an extra tight end? Like you said, there's an extra quarterback would be a possibility as well. What do you think most, most high stakes players are going to be doing? I think extra quarterback is a probability and it allows you to wait a little bit on the quarterback. I think that's what we're seeing in this draft. Last year they moved off uh, with 18 players. They moved off of uh, uh, the board much more quickly, at least in, in my limited experience, that's what I recall. And and yes, uh, and the extra tight end, it also allows uh, at that end of the draft for you to pick up the rookie or to pick up uh, you know, the handcuff that you might have for for one of your other players. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm thrilled we went to 20. It makes more sense to me than than 18, and it, it tests the the overall knowledge of the player pool by the drafters. So I think it's a very good move. Um, Elijah Mitchell, you go back-to-back Niners here. So you're obviously a big believer in him being the guy next year. What is, I mean, Trey Sermon, is is he simply, you know, an afterthought? Is he even a handcuff next year? You know, you think about all that draft capital that San Francisco invested to it, uh, into him, mm-hmm. and it was Elijah Mitchell that really took control of that backfield when he was healthy. Yeah, you know, teams don't, when the draft is over, teams look at it as the draft class. And it really doesn't matter to them if they drafted a player 
whatever round it is, as long as they got the players to help the team. So, you know, they they don't uh, they they don't say, well, you know, we got to play this guy because we, we drafted him earlier and that guy. This it's not the way they think, especially now with the rookie pool. It used to be that way when you when you put big big signing bonuses into young players, but that's not that way anymore. Mitchell is uh, the uh, what's the word? Bucky Bell Cow. That's the expression. He is the Bell Cow. He is. We, we talked about it last week. Would he get 20 carries? And he did. And uh, I love the way he plays the game. He's a young player that's only going to get better. And that's my. But we got a coach. Remember, we got a coach promising us 500 carries. So if we want to get in business with running backs, you might as well go to a team where the coach says we're going to run the ball 500 times. Uh, back-to-back Chargers here. Well, I shouldn't say back-to-back Chargers. Mike Williams, do you think he ends up in Los Angeles here, Farrell? Or, or you know, again, when we draft this early, we're looking for talent um, when it comes to free agents. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams and, you know, anybody who um, is going to pay the money to bring him on is certainly going to um, give him the ball a lot. This could be a, a huge upside pick here, whether it's Justin Herbert throwing into him or, or not. I think it's going to be Herbert. You know, he's a he's a guy that if they cannot fashion a, a long term deal, he's ideally what the uh, franchise tag was created for. And either way, I think uh, I think he would be happy uh, with a long term deal. And if they apply the tag, they can continue to negotiate through it, uh, which should uh, arrive at at this player being rewarded. And you know, he's coming off quite a year last year, fantastic year. And then uh, I, I guess there's there's nothing really much to say about uh, well obviously after Herbert you grab Tony Pollard here no surprise Chase Claypool sort of a prerequisite for um, for a uh, for a Farrell Elliott led <laughs> team you have to have Claypool on no matter who the uh, who the receiver is right or who the quarterback is you can't um, you can't easily replace that talent um, with the size and the speed he had his sophomore slump. He had his issues. You know, he'll he'll be the type of player that will bounce back. We haven't seen the best football from him. I, uh, if you notice, another drafter prior to, to me taking Claypool uh, took Kadarius Tony. I was operating under the idea that I could get Tony ninth, tenth, eleventh round, especially with the higher that went to the New York Giants. I'm saying, boy, that that's unnatural. But, yes, I'm a b- big believer in Claypool's talent. That talent will come shining through, and he will be – he's my number three receiver right now, correct? Uh, that is correct, yeah, because he is behind yeah, – well, we just we just talked about Mike Williams, and then he's also behind Stephon Diggs. Yeah, so as my number three guy, I think he'll outperform most number three receivers, and, and in this format, that makes me happy. Um, I'm just looking at this here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight – Nine, ten tight ends off the board through eight mm-hmm. rounds. Does that seem like there's that's not a lot? I, to me, I feel like, you know, through eight rounds, we normally see, um, you know, the better part of 12 or maybe more. Or what's been your experience here with this type of format? Well, um, you know, my experience with this type of format is limited because I only played it twice last year, but it quickly became uh, my favorite format, as we, we discussed on other shows, that the uh, the elimination aspect which once you get in the playoffs is uh is is a pretty exciting aspect of this. But um I I think there is once we get past 
that elite group of tight ends. We we saw this season elevation in, in the performance of tight ends that were just question marks last year. And we did not see anyone join um, – we, we didn't see anyone particularly join the elite group, but we did see some people solidify themselves into the big group, and we saw young tight ends – uh, elevate themselves as well. We had some disappointments. You would, you would have to think what went on at New England with both players was a little disappointing and a disaster with Smith. But there weren't a lot of situations like this. So the short answer to your question is that the pool of good, solid, dependable, contributing tight ends grew. The elite tight ends didn't. And it grew with young players that I think drafters filled it that they will be more trustworthy and better uh, players coming into 2022. So as you uh, approach the halfway point of the first um, uh, Never Too Early, the inaugural FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament um, uh, team that you're drafting, Farrell, uh, we shall be following that. We'll talk a little bit more about it on next week's show because I'm I'm curious to see um, how the next several rounds are going to go for you and how this team ends up coming together. Um, so, so just if you tuned in, hoping to hear from Mike Zuka, um, we are, we're having technical difficulties as Hudson Kern re pointed out in the chat room and, and Dizzle yeah. actually, this uh, was a, this was a human error that turned into technical difficulties. Uh, so my apologies that I totally dropped the ball on this tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but I oh. have confirmed uh, that Mike Zuka will be joining us next week along with another guest, uh, that I'll get to uh, at the at the uh, end of the program, tell you who who else is coming on. But Mike will not be joining us tonight, so this might be an abbreviated high stakes fantasy football hour. But as long as we have your uh, your emails here that that have come in, I do want to get to them uh, with Farrell because there's a lot of good stuff in here uh, as far as people who are you know if you are drafting this weekend, you're going to be able to use this to your advantage. So let's get to it. Tom in Waco, Texas, leads things off here tonight. He writes, is James Robinson's injury enough for you to want to draft Travis Etienne ahead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this season? Thank you. That is Tom mm. in Waco, Texas. So I don't know. When you look at this, Farrell, um, they, these, these two players and just bringing up the mojo here on them right now, Travis Etienne is currently going at running back 23. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Etienne running back 23 at the 504, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Running back 24 at the 506. They're going back to back. They're actually going right behind Brees Hall, the rookie uh, running back out of uh, Iowa State, and uh, Leonard Fournette going right ahead of them. Uh, Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris going right behind them. But ETN versus Edwards Zillaire, do you have a strong feeling on this, or is it what the high stakes players are saying it is right now? That's basically a coin flip. It is it's coin flip, big question marks for uh, for players. I think if you're sitting there saying, I don't know if I would draft one of those guys, and if somebody drafts one of them, you say, well, I'll draft the other one. But I don't I don't necessarily like those picks. I really admire Travis Etienne, and I think he'll be a fantastic player. But I've got to see what comes together around him and who's going to be hired to run that team. And, and uh, I had high hopes for it last year, and – they never materialized. And as far as Robinson, I think when there is um, questions and it's nebulous about what will happen in a backfield, that you can choose uh, a player like Robinson 
and hope that he returns from his injury, even though it was late in the season. Hope, hopefully he returns from his injury in time to give you something. You know, Robinson was a player, one of my favorite stats is for a, a running back uh, from inside the five-yard line who's, who, who uh, uh, was handed the ball inside the five-yard line uh, a touchdown uh, uh, percentage, and he led the league in that. When he gets in the red zone, he finds a way in the end zone. I want Robinson to get healthy as I want to get him back on my team. He's the one player that I think has uh, has proven to me that throughout any kind of situation that he can be successful. Yeah, bad quarterback, a rookie quarterback, bad offense. Um, you know, he's been the man, uh, and, and he's done mm-hmm. it under some pretty daunting circumstances, like stuff that, you know, you think about some of these great running backs or, or at least good running backs that we have high hopes for who get, in, you know, put behind really good offensive lines and good situations with elite offenses, and they can't get it done. And look at what James Robinson's done with Jacksonville. Kudos to him, and certainly we wish him a speedy recovery as well. Uh, a couple of questions from the chat room that we have in here tonight, Farrell, as we adjust back to the playoffs. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve wants to know, who you think, or who we think, I should say, is going to score the most fantasy points in the NFC Conference Championship for the Niners? Is it George Kittle? Is it Elijah Mitchell? Or Debo Samuel? This is against the Rams in Los Angeles. I, I don't want to qualify it as a road game because there could be more Niners fans <laughs> there than, Ram, than Rams fans. But who is going to score the most points for the Niners on Sunday? Ooh, boy, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, and... And the professor is the guy with the crystal ball. Despite everything, you know, Balky, he's got. Why is he? Why is he asking lesser mortals like us these kind of questions? Um, <laughs> here's a, here's an interesting stat, professor. Um, the over under from our friends in the desert on rushing yardage for Devo Samuel is 39 yards, and Devo Samuel um, has hit that figure many, many times this season, including one previous big game against the Rams. We got a coach that wants to run it multiple times, so either of those running backs could do very well. Uh, Kittle, um, Kittle against this defense, it will draw so much heat. And they're, they're, I've said this so many times on the show, people will get tired of listening to it, but, but Kittle has to do so much in this offense and he will have so much responsibility with this pass rush from the Rams that Kittle's biggest contribution to this game may be buying Garoppolo time. That's why the two running backs and perhaps uh, one of the better uh, uh, one of the better things that you could talk about is which receiver is going to do well uh, in this game. Jennings has uh, has shown himself to be more dependable. Ayuk uh, has stepped up. Uh, I think. Uh, I think to answer your question, fantasy points, Devo Samuel. You know what's interesting is is I look back at this Rams Niners game um, week eighteen when the Niners won in overtime. Also uh, at SoFi, George Kittle, five catches, yeah, but only for ten yards. Um, so so I don't know if that was just a one off or. But, but it, I, it has me hesitating before I can pick Kittle here. So I don't think I'm going to. And, and I think Samuel's an excellent choice. I mean, 140 total yards that game. And, and he was a huge reason they got back into this game, too. Sure. Um, Elijah Mitchell, 
still churned out 21 carries, 85 yards, um, no catches on the game. I think I am going to lean towards Samuel, but it is razor close. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that you had just drafted Elijah Mitchell, Farrell, um, is maybe I should be picking him. But I think I'm going to go with you and, and take Samuel. It's close between Samuel Mitchell. I definitely cannot say Kittle uh, at this point in time. Uh, he also wants to know, um, does the uh, Cornell professor, which chief is most valuable from here on out? And I assume he means um, the, not only the AFC championship, but he's assuming the Chiefs win and get to the Super Bowl. Is it Tyree Kill? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Or is it Travis Kelsey? Um, I'll answer this one first. I have been... Um, you know, on the record, check the receipts. I've been saying uh, that Travis Kelsey was going to be a big-time difference maker in the FFPC playoff challenges and the football guys' playoff challenges. Uh, I'm not changing that right now. I do think the Chiefs beat the Bengals. I do think Travis Kelsey is a big reason why, and I think he has a big Super Bowl as well. So put, pen me in for Travis Kelsey as the most valuable Chief from here on out, Farrell. Why not? And, you know, what Garoppolo said when they asked him what hurt, worse his finger or his shoulder and he said yes so that's my answer to the <laughs> professor is yes those those players are good those players are good players you know uh hill has really stepped up and it's just just fascinating what he has done in these games and and how he's turned it on and and uh you know it's just all great mahomes is the guy i want uh, yeah, my answer is yes, Professor. I have a question for the Professor. Is uh, I need a, a consult with him, and I'm wondering when I can get one. I keep going by the door and signing the sheet that, you know, I would like to see him like we did it back in the 70s and 80s. I suppose now most of, the, most of it is virtual, but I, I can't get the Professor on the phone, something I'm trying to do before our big events, so, you know, he he needs to check in with me. So I'm saying. I have I have posed that question to him in the chat room right now, and as soon as we get his mm-hmm. answer, I will definitely let you know. Uh, moving on to Tyler in Washington D.C., who ironically has a West Coast question here. I know DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins will still probably be first for Arizona, but who should their next wide receiver off the board be? Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore? Tyler in mm-hmm. Washington D.C. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Kirk was, I think these guys, I could be wrong, Farrell, you might know this better than me. I think these guys, obviously they were drafted different years, but I think they were both second round picks. And I, I think people were pretty excited about it. Uh, both, you know, when both of them got drafted, um, is Rondale Moore a, a guy that you can take ahead of Christian Kirk next year? I think for me, I'm still going with Kirk. Yeah, and I think you should. Uh, the bigger play is probably more. I think that the team has to look within what they have in that talent there and let him do more uh, because he's he's in a situation where he does a lot of gadget plays. He catches balls uh, close to the to the line. He's he's running some jet sweeps. He's he's got tremendous talent. He's got durability. Uh, he needs to be employed downfield uh, where he can frustrate. You know, you, you talk about these great receivers that break the ankles of the defensive backs and just leave them standing, and that's the kind of talent Rondell Moore has. So I, I don't think that um, he's been utilized. The word is not properly, but he's been utilized to the extent of, of his skill set. They see a need for him within their mix of players. That's how they're using him. 
uh, I would just cut him loose and open up the playbook and build so much of it uh, around him. And, and if they were to do that, then, you know, Rondell Moore, wherever uh, Darren wants to tell us he's going in the drafts, uh, Rondell Moore would be a, would be a huge uh, uh, potential champion for you. I don't think Christian Kirk is going to win you any leagues, but Rondell Moore might if they would really get after him as a player. Um, according to the uh, Fantasy Mojo uh, ADP right now, these guys are also pretty close together. Uh, Rondell Moore is going as wide receiver 48. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 46, but both of them going at the end of the 10th round. Actually, Chris Olave, uh, rookie receiver from Ohio State, going right between them. Uh, moving on here, uh, Farrell, uh, Hudson did say you can reach him anytime after February 8th, but he is swamped until then. He says it is a busy time of year for department chairs. So that's uh, that's yeah. the situation right now. He doesn't get to sleep in very often, I understand. <laughs> he doesn't get to sleep. <laughs> Another email here that we uh, we have. Let's go to uh, stay on the West Coast. Oh, no, we're going to move out to the West Coast. From Washington to Portland, Oregon, Carl writes, happy conference championship weekend, gentlemen. Quarterbacks are probably going to affect these two tight ends, ADPs, the most but right now is Noah Fant still the right call over Pat Fryermuth? Enjoy the games on Sunday. That is Carl in Portland, Oregon. Just looking at your draft here right now, Farrell, for these um, that you drafted in the never too early. It looks like Noah Fant went in the eighth round, but Fryermuth is still out there. Uh, you did not have a chance at Fant in the eighth. I don't know if you were going to go tight end there um, had he still been available, but how do you look at these players, Fant coming in, to his third year in the league, Firemuth, uh, embarking on his sophomore campaign. We brought up Firemuth on the show when no one really knew how to pronounce his name. We just called him Baby <laughs> Drunk. And uh, I think that's what that's the kind of career that he has uh, in front of him. And anyone that watched him uh, play with Roethlisberger this year uh, could see the, the talent here. And as a young a rookie tight end, people say, oh, rookie tight ends. And uh, you know, in, in the confusion that existed in Pittsburgh, he caught 60 balls this year. And I think his, I think his ceiling is, is unlimited. Um, he's a player that, that I'm high on. So, yeah, I like him better than Fant. Uh, you know, you would think, well, okay, uh, the Broncos are uh, going to unleash uh, the new uh, offensive coordinators, new head coach. It's going to be fantastic out there in uh, in Denver. Well, you just hired a guy that never really is. It's a great, great track record he's got, but never really has featured the tight end. Um, I don't know if Fant's a typical tight end. To me, he looks more like a, a slot receiver from time to time, but it would give me pause a little bit. I wonder if uh, he would be included in uh, in a potential Packers Broncos trade with Noah Fant, knowing really? that um, that uh, maybe Nathaniel Hackett doesn't uh, like the tight end uh, to be a focal point in his offense. Maybe Matt Lafleur would. Uh, interesting stuff to think about. Um, we're living in the matrix a little bit until we find out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and in, in going forward. But it is still fun to ponder and bandy that thought about here. Uh, let's get to one, yeah, one more email here. Donnie in Brooklyn. Hey, Farrell and Balky, do you think Trey Lance starts over Jimmy Garoppolo next year? And if that's the case, do I need to draft him? 
over Russell Wilson in FFPC leagues right now. Donnie in Brooklyn, thank you for listening. Thank you for the email. Um, Trey Lance, is he on the Jordan Love slow roll plan, or is he on the fast track to being the Niners starter? And this, okay, so let's, let, let, let's back up a little bit. Farrell, what happens if the Niners keep winning and they win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Then what happens next year <laughs> at the quarterback position? You know, uh, years ago we saw it with a quarterback in Baltimore uh, that uh, that quarterback moved on. Um, it's not unheard of. Uh, I don't think that in this day and age that he would be successful um, carrying up your team at the quarterback position, especially a player that's as popular as Garoppolo. All he does is win. All he is is tough. He's only 30 years old. Everybody talks about him. He's quarterbacks playing to certain ages. He's 30 years old. You know, how do you walk away from the success that he's had this season, uh, regardless of what happens uh, this weekend against the Rams? So I'm, um, you know, I'm a I'm a Garoppolo guy, and I'm sticking with him. And uh, I think that's the kind of front office this team has. Could be, uh, could be wrong. But uh, that's the way I see it. <laughs> All right. So, so, is, so, okay, let's just say, let's just say they flame out, right? And, and maybe they lose a close game. Or maybe they lose a game where, where Jimmy Garoppolo was responsible for a late turnover or something like that. Going mm-hmm. forward next season, you, do you still believe that Kyle Shanahan will enter the, the 2022 season with Garoppolo as his starter with, with Lance still learning uh, on the bench? Ah. Well, it won't be a – no, the decision would be made in the front office. In other words, they won't go to camp and the job all of a sudden become Lance's. There won't be any, you know, this will be – this will take place in the business season, and that's when the reins would be given to Lance. That would, and Garoppolo would go on to where he's going to um, – Uh, going to be and continue with his career and and see if he can continue his winning ways. You hear people say, well, they win with Garoppolo. They don't win because of him. And I'm, I'm not buying that. He's there. He's, he's, uh, he's driving the car and and the team is winning. And, you know, teammates, uh, teammates respond to him. They like playing with him. They like playing for him. What about the flip side of this question here in, in Russell Wilson? Because it, you know, obviously we're at a crossroads in, in Seattle, or at least a lot of people mm-hmm. think we're at a crossroads there. Um, we don't know if he's going to be coming back. I, I think that it's much more likely he goes back to Seattle than Rodgers stays in Green Bay. But, um, you know, he's going right after Aaron Rodgers in drafts in the FFPC right now, the middle of the eighth round. Um, and I don't know what you think about, because I've heard people around the NFL say that, his skills are indeed declining uh, right now. So a change of scenery maybe necessarily wouldn't help out his fantasy prospects. Do you see it the same way? Mm, he could probably use a jump start uh, in his career. Uh, you know, back when the world didn't know what COVID was, he signed a $140 million contract. You know, it, uh, uh, we, we tend to forget that, what, what, what is invested in this player. Uh, I think that um, a rebuild, uh, a, a decision to rebuild uh, in Seattle and, and 
what you would have to do to change the whole look of that organization um, that it would that it would include um, a moving Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson would be a a wonderful quarterback in a lot of systems, including Pittsburgh. Um, Farrell, that is, I think, yeah, that's the last email we have tonight. We'll cut the show a little bit short because we 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 got to prep for two guests next week, assuming I could set the show up right, which would really be <laughs> tremendous. Um, so I do oh, want to thank I'm, you. I'm missing talking to the Z man. I really am. Yeah. Well, we will next week. We're going to talk to him, and uh, I, I do want to thank you, the FFPC. Uh, Rob Bryson, of course, each and all the each and every one of these listeners that are listening to the podcast right now. Um, so next Friday we'll return live at ten nine central. We'll have Mike Zuka, and we're also going to have the twenty twenty one ten thousand dollar FFPC Super Bracket Champion Zeb Cap make his triumphant return to the uh, program. So Zuka and Zeb next week, a pair of Z guys, yeah. which will be uh, the first time in podcast history, undoubtedly. Um, Farrell, for anybody who is wondering um, how to get involved with the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship right now, best way to do it is go to kffsc.com and then be sure to book those flights and and um, and get to that party for Super Sunday, right? You know, and if you can't make it at this late date and you just don't feel like traveling, uh, call me. We've got an online option. Uh, we, we've got a couple hybrid leagues at time slots. You know, Balky, as far as the party is concerned, um, it's it's open to our people that want to come and, and take part of it. We've got a good crowd coming. Um, the room is beautiful, and, and I spent some time over there this week uh, at Caesars of Southern Indiana, and the casino is ready in the sports book to handle uh, any type of uh, wagering that uh, our fantasy players would like to do. But, you know, fantasy football is – is definitely not about gambling. It's about playing our season-long football like we like to play it. And, um, you know, I was talking about the room. It's got a beautiful balcony. Uh, we had an unusually warm day here a few days ago. And, and when you told uh, – I had my buddy Fetch with me. And when you told uh, us that you weren't coming, we just sat out on the balcony and, and <laughs> stared into the – you know, and had to get our minds right. But – Whoever isn't there will be missed. We're hoping to start a new tradition um, with our Super Bowl party and draft, and we've got a lot of guys that love the draft that are going to be there. But there's just a few spots left, and so if anybody would like to play, welcome to call me, 502-523-5057. I imagine by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, we'll have the thing uh, largely closed down, and we'll be going through uh, with our group, but what a what a great way to end uh, to end this season, and I look forward to not having to wait to August to see everyone. So it's a, it's a fantastic thing that I'm thinking uh, uh, here in a couple of weeks we'll be having. Be sure to check out the Big Payback Super Sunday, the Super Sunday Championship over at kffsc.com. Spots still available, but time is running out as we are basically um, what what are we now? Three weeks from the Super Bowl. I think that's accurate. Uh, right? Two weeks on uh, this Sunday. Two weeks this Sunday. So two and a half weeks right now. Oh, my goodness. It's coming up way too fast. Farrell, uh, love, always love talking to you. Thank you for uh, putting up with uh, the, my train wrecking of the show tonight, which I oh, always no. uh, enjoy. You are the man, and we will indeed talk to you next week with Zuka and Zeb. See you then, Bobby. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott. Follow the KFFSC on Twitter at KFFSC. Make sure you're registering for those leagues. 
at kffsc.com. Uh, also, I remind you, um, the inaugural, as we've been, you know, really talking about it the whole time uh, here on, on the program, the never-too-early best ball tourney is indeed live at myffpc.com slash never-too-early. It is a $125 entry fee that gets you a shot at a $25,000 grand prize in a $133,000 prize pool. This is limited to the first 1,152 teams. Uh, the drafts uh, just kicked off this past week. They're going to run um, all the way uh, to uh, April 28th, 2022. That is the last day you can sign up. I, I beg your pardon. That is the last day you can complete a, uh, a draft in, uh, in this contest. It's a best ball slim format. Remember, the FFPC switched from 18-round slims uh, last year to 20-round slims this year. However, still no kickers and no defenses in this format. Features a 14-week regular season and a single-week elimination playoffs from weeks 15 through 17, crowning a champion that final week. The drafts are indeed available in a 30-second sit-and-go format, as well as uh, two-hour and six-hour slow drafts. And then the uh, live draft schedule, those have 60-second timers, one going off tomorrow night, uh, the 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Also... If you are looking for another year-round challenge, there are dozens of Dynasty Orphans available at myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. So make sure you're taking a peek at those. A lot of really good ones uh, on there. Um, some discounted as low as a dollar. And some are, are not bad teams, just a case of, um, of um, you know, owners needing to duck out from Dynasty for a year or two, what have you. Um, and they're putting up some pretty good teams up there. So make sure you're giving a cursory glance to those. You might find your next championship team right in there that will complete our show for this evening ladies and gentlemen once again i do apologize that we could not get mike zuka on i do promise we will indeed get mike zuka on next week along with zeb cap so we're going to have a ton of uh of uh the prize winning or a ton of prize winners on the show two prize winners on the show last night or next week who won a ton of money this past uh week so uh this past year thank you so much for uh for listening everybody on the podcast and putting up with this uh, we had a blast, and we'll do it again next week. Your weekend this has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. It was a, it's amazing how one click of the mouse can train wreck an entire show, but that's what happened when I set this program up this week. So I do apologize for that, but uh, you are the beneficiary and the winner, and um, you come out ahead in all this because we get two great guests next week, which is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the conference championship games on Sunday, and we'll be back to talk not only pro football championship next week, but uh, getting an early start on 2022 drafts as well, getting, um, getting thoughts on the early ADP from two guys that work um, as hard as anybody in this industry to help themselves win, and they'll be helping you win next week. Thanks again, everybody. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.